Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. Who's up for a parade? The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of the football world as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid win their third Super Bowl in their era, and we're all still in disbelief, scratching our heads, trying to figure out exactly how this unfolded. What a wild finish. They're calling it the greatest hour in Super Bowl history after a game that was dominated by the lines of scrimmage and the defenses for the better part of two and a half hours. The Chiefs and 49ers traded punches. There was all kinds of strategy involved, clock management, good and bad, decisions made, the Niners in overtime deciding to take the football. It None of it made sense. But what we watched was the same thing we've watched before. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player we've ever seen. Of course, we can't call him the GOAT. He does not have the Super Bowls that Tom Brady has, but he's got him at a young age. Nobody's ever done at his age what he's doing right now. And three Super Bowl wins and a ridiculous performance, and the Chiefs are having a parade on Wednesday. Patrick Mahomes, with a total of 266 yards in this game, out of 298 total for the Chiefs, is just ridiculous. 89% of the offense, Mahomes, carrying his team, running, passing, doing it all, absolute insanity when it mattered most. I'm glad we got Stan Weber coming on in a couple of minutes because I can't figure out why Andy Reid, with a stopped clock and timeouts in overtime, only squeezed five plays into 39 seconds, and then in overtime, four plays in 207 with a running clock, wins the game with it expiring. I don't understand. I- I'm going to need help, folks. I may need a football therapist today, and maybe Stan is that guy because I can't figure that out. But this was one of the greatest things anybody'd ever seen. All over Twitter and social media, people complaining because the defenses, by the way, were playing great. I've not heard anybody say it, that the defenses were fantastic in this game. Everybody was saying, oh, the offenses stink. This is a boring Super Bowl. This game kind of is is terrible. What are we watching right here? No, it was great defense. And it was two coaches that knew their opponent as well as the opponent knew themselves until one crazy wrinkle. Andy Reid has plays that he can call where Patrick Mahomes actually runs the football. And Mahomes did that beautifully in this game. And that really was the difference. Two crucial runs. Mahomes finished the game as the Chiefs' leading rusher. Nine rushes for 66 yards. Two of them were actual called plays, which I don't think we've seen all year. I don't remember a single play this year where they called a run for Patrick Mahomes. We saw him run it a bunch, but I don't remember a called play, and these were beauties. The the fourth down call with the season on the line was magnificent. Mahomes was brilliant in that. After the game, when the Chiefs won, and they asked him about the overtime rules and winning this thing with nothing left on the clock in overtime, he said, listen, we changed the rules. After that Buffalo game, we changed the rule, meaning the NFL and the Chiefs play, changed the rule. I don't know how they're going to change it this time. Patrick Mahomes saying, just make the rules whatever you want. We're going to win the football game. It was just stunning to watch. The Chiefs' touchdown receptions in this game, unthinkable. Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and Nicole Hardman, who was cut by the Jets earlier this year after the Chiefs let him go. That's the two dudes that caught touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. And yes, Hardman gets the game winner with a running clock. I, I don't understand any of it, and Stan's going to try to make the most of it. I, I don't understand why the Niners took the ball. 
I don't, these coaches are unbelievable. The game plans they put in, how well they know each other, how beautifully coached these games are at the highest level. And these are two great coaches. We had a big argument at my party on Sunday night about whether Kyle Shanahan is a good coach or a crappy coach. I'm like, dude, I would take him. If Andy Reid retired tomorrow, I'd take Kyle Shanahan tomorrow to be the Chiefs head coach. And the argument here is, well, he can't win. He doesn't know what he's doing. He took the ball. He's stupid. I get it. Kyle Shanahan is exactly what Andy Reid was in Philadelphia. He gets to the Super Bowl and can't win it because he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. You have Donovan McNabb or Brock Purdy, you're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. And we sort of felt it all night. You're just watching the game unfold, and you're thinking, okay, when are the Chiefs turning this on? How are they going to win this game? They get the lead. Then they lose the lead. It winds up in overtime. It's all dramatic. Harrison Butker, ridiculous performance again. A lot of folks are going to point at the missed extra point by the 49ers and say that was the difference. It was not because there was a ton of strategy after that kick that determined the game was going to overtime. I never believe in that. A blocked kick with the game on the line at the end determines the game. One with plenty of time left where every decision made after that is made accordingly with what the score is, is not the end of the game. So no, the blocked point was excellent. No argument. It was a big deal, but it did not decide this football game. Patrick Mahomes II decided this football game. Unbelievable. Three Super Bowls in this era, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly how they do it. Brock Purdy was 23 out of 38 for 255 and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had 22 rushes for 80 yards. Again, the Chiefs, double-digit comeback kings. That is three Super Bowls, and three times the Chiefs have been down double digits. Folks, there have been 55 other Super Bowls. It's only happened four times in 55 Super Bowls, and the Chiefs have done it three. Unbelievable. The guy just wins and wins, and wins. 333 with two touchdowns, one interception, 34 out of 46. Remarkable performance. Travis Kelsey, nine for 93, and the Chiefs are champions of the world. We have so much to discuss. Stan Weber is here. We're going to break it all down for you. It is brought to you by Cross Kitchens, KC.com, Kansas City's remodeler. Whether it's countertop replacements or an entire lower-level refinish like my buddy Tony got, incredible work they've done from Cross Kitchens, KC, Kansas City's Remodeler, 816-898-7047. They'd love to come to your home, check it out, and see what's possible in your home with CrossKitchensKC.com. Buck Disposal, now part of the Buck Roofing family. Buck Disposal does for your job site what Buck Roofing does for every homeowner. Online at BuckDisposal.com. Call 913-242-7695. If you need a giant Dumpster on your site, he's got it for you. They'll bring it in the morning, take it in the afternoon if you fill it up, or if you need to keep it a week, they'll work that out too. Great customer service is what it's all about at Ron Buck's companies, Buck Disposal and Buck Roofing. Buck Disposal online at buckdisposal.com. And advanced medical imaging, see what's inside online at medimageks.com. If your heart was thumping watching the Super Bowl and you're like, whoa, Jessica came up to me a couple times. She's like, feel my neck. Put your fingers on it. And her heart was just, she was just going crazy watching this thing. If you were feeling your heart race last night, might be time for a heart scan. 
All right, check out your plaque score at Advanced Medical Imaging. Make this call today. If you're 40 and older and have not done this, it's out of pocket, but it's only about 100 bucks. So why wouldn't you call Advanced Medical Imaging? 785-856-0224. Find your plaque score on your heart. And if your doctor says you need an MRI or a CT scan, they will get you in today or tomorrow at Advanced Medical Imaging. No waiting six weeks. Online at medimageks.com. What a Super Bowl. And are you ready for a parade? Stan Weber's here with the football feast. Your champions are the Kansas City Chiefs. Hit it! The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues conversation is brought to you by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC. Online at robertsrobinson.com. Well, I've never needed Stan more than today because I'm not sure I know exactly what I saw in the last hour of football that I watched in Super Bowl 58. Stan Weber, we've got a parade downtown. What do you think? It's amazing. Uh, historically, this is just going to be off the charts when we look back at this era. Uh, Chiefs winning two Super Bowls in a row. Gosh, first time since 03, 04 when the Patriots did it, and we are the new Patriots around here. So just incredible. But one of the things that I had going into the game last week Kevin, as we got ready and lined up, was I think the Chiefs are going to be better in 2024 as a football team than they were in 2023. So it's just amazing to say that. I still think it's true. Uh, this is not the Chiefs' best year, but I don't know what our podcast capabilities are, Kevin. I've never really studied all this. I'm pretty new to the podcast world. I'm following your lead on this. I don't know if I can go back and listen, but I kind of hear, I kind of want to go back if I can and do the best of and just listen to every segment I had with you throughout the year, however many that was, 15 plus, and just see what was said at those times uh, coming to this point, because it was not a free run, easy ride to get here, and yet the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions, because it's all about being better than the teams that you're playing against this year, and I think that was the theme if everyone listened closely all year long, is yeah, Chiefs got a problem here, and yes, they got a problem there, but this defense is better. Uh, they're working through some things, and the other teams around them aren't that good, so why can't you go and win a Super Bowl? And so uh, just amazing. When you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you probably could start right there and just say, we, we summarized it, you know, that's the Chiefs winning. But it's fun to break the game down. And yeah, like you said, what did you see? I think that anybody's take on this you can go a million different directions when you're talking about this game, and I think you would be accurate. Because there's just so many aspects. It's just splitting of that hair uh, differential into Chiefs winning. The fact the game was tossed at the end was really a great reflection of what we saw. Uh, it was a dead-even game. Both teams had their chances of winning. Both teams wondered, are we going to lose this thing? The concern level was high. The drama was unbelievable. And so, yeah, it was everything you'd want as a neutral fan for a Super Bowl. And because you're a Chiefs fan and not a 49ers fan, it's everything you could want. This is historical. Well, it was remarkable, and the bottom line is the Chiefs had the best player on the field, again, in Patrick Mahomes in a game where I thought the defenses played great. Look, these coaches knew more about each other's teams than they maybe knew about themselves. I thought they were both beautifully prepared and knew exactly what the other team was going to do. It wasn't a pillow fight, but they did kind of just feel their way into this game. Like, nobody wanted to lose this game. Like, let's not give it to the opponent is what it felt like most of the night. And then all hell broke loose. And I don't even know what I saw. The, the Niners completely, like the Ravens, abandoned the run with the game on the line. I think they're, they're, they had three and outs. 
uh, where they threw the ball eight out of nine plays on three straight three and outs. And, of course, the Chiefs, if they get pass happy, you have Patrick Mahomes, and this is a good thing. They actually had play calls for Mahomes to run the football, which was likely the difference in the game, especially the fourth and one. It's unbelievable what happens with the entire thing on the line. The Chiefs were a different football team. And in the end, the team that you and I talked about all year, I think one thing we did consistently, you and I, and I I, I got a lot of emails. I'd go back and listen. I'd read my emails instead of listening to the podcast because listeners just came after me saying, this team sucks. They're not going to win. They're terrible. I'm like, there's a pathway. The defense is really good. They don't have to be what they were five years ago. I think we saw that all along, but in the end, they kind of were that team. They just rode Patrick Mahomes across the finish line. Yes, and I think if we were able to, you know, could make that connectivity for what I was saying throughout the year is that Patrick took the team on his shoulders so much early in the year. Just scrambling, just bailed them out for what they weren't doing on offense. The receivers dropping the football, easily doubling Travis Kelsey and keeping him from getting the ball. Uh, Rasheed Rice had not grown up yet, and Patrick Mahomes running was a difference. And it ends up at the end of the year uh, that Patrick Mahomes running is the difference. The fact that he can scramble and get the yards that he did was a giant difference maker in the ball game uh, for the Chiefs, and it's been that way all year long. So just a in- incredible performance. I think there are so many things that are even about this game, Kevin. I do think there are you know two or three plays that if you want to encapsulate the difference in this ball game. And again, I'm respectful of anybody's take, right? Any, you can bring up a hundred different subjects and I'm going, yep, great point, great point. So I'm not here talking, trying to tell someone that these are bigger than the others. But I think a microcosm of this game, Kevin, first of all, the biggest differential in the ball game was in overtime. The Niners were down inside the 10 yard line, a second medium, okay? And they run the ball and they don't get anything with Christian McCaffrey. Give the ball to the best guy in the Chiefs defense, pose their back up and creates a third down situation. That was the critical play on defense because the Niners had overcome a holding penalty, uh, driven the ball down. They were blitzing and being effective, but this time Purdy, like Mahomes, got the ball out to Christian McCaffrey, just a big-time play, and they were rolling down, probably going to score a touchdown to start the overtime period, and the Chiefs stop them on second down. Now it's third down, and Steve Spagnuolo draws up a great blitz. The Niners go away from the running game, Decide not to go for fourth down, all subjects that we can talk about. But let's look at the differential. They get stopped, and now it's third down and medium in the red zone, inside the red zone, inside the 10, a hard place for offenses to function, and it goes advantage Chiefs defense. Now look at the other end. The Chiefs drive the ball down the field. It's second and medium. Same situation, Kevin. In fact, the Chiefs have a little bit further to go, and they throw a screen pass to Travis Kelsey. And what does he do? He pushes forward for a first down. So that encapsulates a differential in the ball game, where the Chiefs are able to score a touchdown rather than kick a field goal. And why? Because screen pass game, the intricate capabilities and Travis Kelsey's strength and, and winning play capability pushes. He didn't get stopped two yards short of the first down, and the Chiefs have to decide what they're going to do on third down and what they're going to do on fourth down if they don't make it. No, he shoves his way through, Kevin. He takes that second down play and creates a first down, it's game over. When the Chiefs snapped the ball at the three-yard line, it didn't matter if it was the first play to Hardeman or the second play or the third play. The Chiefs are going to win the game at that point. That second down differential right there, just slight difference in the two teams showed up. The other side of it is, you know, you talk to Danny Klinskill a lot, as I do, 
And one thing Danny said to me during the year that just has been part of this run is the Chiefs just have the magic. Like, stuff happens that go, to go their way. So let's look back at two other plays where you just go, uh, this is just Chiefs magic or luck or whatever. The punting game. The Chiefs fumble a punt, and what does it do? Bounces right back up to the guy like he's dribbling a basketball. Okay? James just gets to the ball. No fumble. The 49ers, the ball bounces off an ankle of somebody. Now, you can rip the 49ers all you want or say the guy didn't try to you know uh, get on the fumble appropriately. No, that was just complete luck. I mean, that could happen to anybody, that the ball bounces off an ankle. The Chiefs game turned with just a few minutes left in the third quarter on that play. From that point forward, the momentum went with the Chiefs. The Chiefs' offense was better, and that's lucky. And then the field goals and PAT. The Chiefs' field goal, bad snap, great hold by Townsend, and a low kick. Goes skimming through the hands of the Niners for a long field goal that the Chiefs needed. And what did the 49ers do? Their PAT, when it's kicked low, bounces off the Chiefs' hands. I mean, those kind of things are just inches, just fortune, not out-coaching somebody or having better players or anything like that. Things just go the Chiefs' way, and they have for five years. And let's just keep it coming. I don't know why it is, but there's just an unbelievable belief. You know, coming back from 10 points in a Super Bowl is hard. Almost no one's done it in the history of the 58 Super Bowls, Kevin. Almost nobody's ever done it. And the Chiefs have done it three times, like no big deal. When they were down by 10, I was going, yep, Chiefs are fine. When they went to the half, I go, Chiefs are fine. There's just no doubt that these guys can come back. That's defying odds. So if it's fortune or I thought that those second down plays were the, the microcosm of the slight difference of Travis Kelsey pushing forward on a screen pass, getting a first down that shows the Chiefs are just slightly better than the Niners because they know how to win. This game was the Chiefs' season in a nutshell. We saw Kelsey bump Andy Reid, basically get into a brawl on the sideline. That Andy kept his cool, which would have been very hard for me to do as a head coach if a player came up and did what Travis Kelsey did. I mean, that, that, that was the Chiefs in a nutshell. That was October. We saw October right there on the sideline, like disarray, and the Chiefs overcame it all. There's something about postseason football that is different than postseason in other sports. We always hear them say it. Oh, the NBA is different. Oh, baseball is different when you get the postseason. But the NFL is the sport where you can really see it. You see called running plays for Patrick Mahomes, which you would never see in the regular season. I mean, it's just a, it's almost a completely different game. And somehow the Chiefs rise above that. And you know, mistakes are going to happen. You know, there's going to be, you know, pitfalls everywhere. And it's amazing to me how good these coaches are at designing plays, coaching teams, getting to this point, and how they have no idea what to do in a football game with pressure on the line. Kyle Shanahan giving, taking the ball in overtime was mindless. I mean, mind-numbingly stupid to give Pat Mahomes fourth downs, which is essentially what he did in overtime. And Andy Reid, if you can explain to me how the Chiefs had five plays in 39 seconds at the end of regulation and then kicked with a stopped clock with six seconds left, kicked to go to overtime, but in overtime, they've got a running clock and only two plays in a minute 26, and and then the clock's running down to zero when they win the game? I don't know what that was, Stan. I have no idea what Andy Reid was doing, but he was within one second of the worst coaching in the history of the Super Bowl, and yet he's having a parade. I can't figure this stuff out. Are you talking about the end of the game situation? Yes. What was he doing? 
Well, now we got to clarify that, Kevin, because I've heard uh, analysts talking about that. This game was a started game and was going to go to the half. So if the time would have ran out, they just would have went down to the other end of the field and Chiefs would have scored a touchdown. So there was no there was no time issue at all at the end of the at the the winning play did not have to happen at all. They, the clock was not running out. It was not the end of the game. And Patrick Overtime Holmes doesn't, yeah. and Patrick Holmes at the end of the game said he didn't know that. He said he didn't know, know the rule. He said, I, do, I still don't know the overtime rules. I don't think anybody yeah, Andy, knew. Kyle Shanahan clearly didn't know the rules. Yeah, there was. there's these decisions. Like, with, like when you talk about the Chiefs in regulation, they had six seconds left and a timeout. Um, so I thought that they so why didn't they go run for the it? ball. Why didn't they go for uh, it? Like, I would have gone for it one more play. Right, exactly. But, but they, you know, if, if you just had a disaster and – Someone started scrambling, and the thing is that you got to understand uh, another little rule that could come into play. Let's say Patrick threw the ball away. If the ball flies over the head of the receiver, even on the sideline, the clock doesn't stop until it hits something. So if he happened to just fire the ball and say, I'm just going to throw it away, what happens if it didn't hit the stands, you know, up in the fifth row until one or two seconds burned off? So they played it super conservatively. I thought the Chiefs might on second down run the ball, and see if they could slip something in from the 10-yard line and then call timeout. But uh, it, boy, that's the drama of that, where the Chiefs were in outside field goal range area, like were they going to have to bomb a 50- or 60-yard field goal to try to tie? So suddenly Travis Kelsey's flying down the sideline, and San Francisco fans who thought, okay, overtime's at worst, now go, oh, crap, we're going to lose this game. And then the Chiefs fans sitting there going, we're going to get it, and then – they kick a field goal after one play. So just unbelievable tension. But I think you mentioned something when you started talking about this, where you talked about the pressure and the difference in the playoffs. And we've seen how that pressure really affects teams. And you got to give the Chiefs all the credit in the world because they've been behind going into halftime. Like last year against the Eagles, things did not look good. That Eagles team was really good. And it didn't look good for the Chiefs. But what has happened each time the Chiefs have felt that? And when they've gone into halftime, they said, let's go back to the fundamentals. Let's just do what we do well. Let's don't try to extend ourselves outside of what we do well. That's unbelievable to do that because the Ravens completely lost their head. And I thought because the Ravens lost their head against the Chiefs, I said, Kevin, I said this publicly, I thought that the Niners would not lose their head just because they could study what the Ravens did. And exactly the opposite happened. When they got that interception, the ball game was in their hands. Okay, they were in Chiefs territory. Patrick made a mistake. They already had the lead. And what did they do? Pass, 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 punt, get the ball again, pass, 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 punt. What is the one thing on the Chiefs defense, Kevin? What is the one thing that they don't necessarily dominate in all the time? Stopping the run. What are the Niners good at with Christian McCaffrey or even getting the ball to Devo Samuel? Running the football. And he just totally lost his head and passed six straight plays. You mentioned it. Even the next possession. Eight of nine. Even then, that pressure getting to the San Francisco 49ers might have been the difference in the ball game. Because if they could have pushed forward a little bit, they probably would have kicked a field goal. They might have been able to run the ball, run some clock. They had the Chiefs. The Chiefs were in trouble at the start of the third quarter. And Shanahan passed, passed, passed. Now, credit the defense for playing great. Don't forget the Chiefs defense really did a great job at that point. But still, Shanahan lost the playbook. You know, what he yeah. needed to do to win. And the Chiefs don't do that. They just stick with it. It's amazing how they keep their composure. And he gave Mahomes fourth downs. And I'm telling you, 115 million people were watching this game. 
and not a one of them knew the overtime rules at the end. They could sit there and explain it all day. We had people over, and it was loud, and and they can go through it. Nobody knew it. If the quarterback didn't know it, I, I mean, I guess were they at, at the last play of the game, do you think the Niners' defense knew the rules? Do you think that they thought that was the ball game, period, right there? Because I'm not sure the players knew exactly what was going on, and what's the point of a clock? And I'm, And this is my beef with the NFL. Why different rules in the postseason, the regular season? None of this stuff makes sense. College is simplified and it's easy. It's very easy to understand. I don't know why the NFL doesn't adopt something like that. In overtime, you've come up with some great ideas that would limit the number of snaps because they always talk about player safety and limiting snaps and all this stuff in the regular season. The NFL's got to fix this because you, you got 115 million people watching a football game and they were all confused at the end of the game. And I know the players were confused and I'll give Andy Reid credit. He knew he was going to get to keep playing or he wouldn't have done what he did. But I still can't explain what he did at the end of regulation with six seconds left and kicking the field goal. I, I'm telling you, man, it's wild. It's become like the NBA. These coaches at the end of these games, the, the strategy involved in the clock is absolutely remarkable to watch. It is. And you mentioned the clock in there, so maybe I shouldn't say this, Kevin, but you know, I invented a game we call SFL. We play all the time. And this is the kind of stuff that we go over and over and over again, okay? And that's what makes it super realistic, uh, the decisions that we make, Kevin, because if you're the Niners down there and you get stopped on second down, the play I mentioned, and then on third down, the Chiefs blitz really throws you off guard. You just get rid of the ball. And now you're fourth down inside the 10. You have to have a lot of discussion. Like, do you just say the Chiefs are so good? They got fourth down going the other direction. Uh, we, are, we have to go for the TD right here in overtime and not kick the field goal. These are great interesting subjects who gets the ball first uh in overtime in this setting uh, again a subject that gets discussed often because if the Niners would have kicked the field goal and the Chiefs would have come back and let's say uh Patrick Mahomes slips a bad snap or something it's fourth and ten they kick a field goal to tie it if each team kicked the field goal in overtime Kevin then it's the old old rules where the team that gets it first can just kick a field goal to win so the Niners getting the ball gives them that advantage to take that next step. But like you said, Chiefs would have punted if, if they if it were the first of overtime. They probably would have punted on fourth down. So you give them four downs to try to yeah. stop them going the other way. You can't. That's give, not good. You cannot give Patrick Mahomes fourth down. You can't. No, you just can't give it to him. You just cannot give it to the guy. Yeah. No. It's but the, the, not having the rules in regular season the same as there in the playoffs. I don't like that. I mean that is too. And, they, and they, it's even worse in the overtime rules in regular season. They only play 10 minutes. They don't even play a quarter. They don't play 15 minutes before you call it a tie. I mean, it's just a bungled mess. College football has it pretty darn good putting at the 25 yard line and like baseball, giving each team a chance. Uh, and they need to move it back, you know, maybe to the 45 yard line or 40 yard line going in. But other than that, it is dynamic, and neither team has a real advantage in overtime. Here, the playoffs are much better that each team gets the ball. I mean, it would have been the most boring thing ever to watch the Niners win the game on a field goal yep. without the Chiefs touching the football. That was old rules not that long ago. So they've made improvements, but there's still a ways to go. Uh, it's the back-and-forth decision-making, like why didn't Andy try to score and win the game with six seconds left? How did he strategize with ten seconds left? Should the Niners have gone for fourth down when they were down there? Should they have run the ball on third down? Remember, I talked about the third down play that Christian McCaffrey got stuffed. 
if you're thinking you cannot give Patrick Mahomes four downs, you're inside the 10, Kevin, don't you think you might think about running the ball twice to get those three to four yards that the Niners needed to uh, to win the ball game, to say we're going for fourth down, let's go to our strength, even though Christian got stuffed, let's go back there again or give it to Debo Samuel, so many things. But at the end of the day, I don't spend a ton of time in this game, Kevin, pointing fingers at people that messed up. I really don't. The game was so even. You can't say, oh, Brock Purdy was in over his head. He, he couldn't do things well. He did a nice job. He, and the Niners did a nice job. Their defense he, played better he, he just than they have Mahomes. in the last two games. He, he, he's he good. Isn't he, just, he isn't Mahomes. That's it. That's the bottom line. He just isn't, Shanahan isn't Andy Reid. Right. You know, just right. a slight difference. And, and the defensive coordinatorship. You know, there's a slight difference in there that Steve Spagnola was able to draw up some things. You know, the Niners had at least two chances where the game was in their hands. And one of them, uh, the Chiefs ran a corner blitz, a slot blitz, and just blew up a play and, and forced the Niners to kick a field goal. When if they would have got a first down on third and five around the two-minute warning, they would have won the game, Kevin, without the Chiefs having any opportunity. They had the game right there in their hands. So there were times where the Niners could have won the ball game, and they just didn't take advantage of the, the, the opportunities. And it's hard to say because it was not about just domination. We knew the Ravens game. If the Ravens came back and got in it, that was an aberration. The Chiefs had the Ravens by the neck the whole game, Kevin. You and I spoke about that conclusively. Each of us believe it, I know. That wasn't the case here. This, this game could have been won by either team. They both had their moments. But at the end of the day, it's so crazy that we'll sit back and look at this 10 years from now and just say, okay, let's see, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes won over Shanahan and Purdy. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's not that big a deal. Let's move on. We knew that was going to be the result, even though when you watch the game, the drama was great. And it was great to see the Chiefs win when I know there's so much confidence around town, Kevin. When I spoke to you last week, the confidence in this town was overwhelming. Like, the Chiefs are going to win, no problem. And I tried to point out throughout the week, starting with your podcast, these Niners are the real deal. You know, they are better. Uh, they've got weapons. they got winners like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Kittle. And if Purdy can stand up to it at all and Shanahan, I tell you what, this team's been the best in regular season. Usually that matters. You're going to have to play well, and this game's going to be very even, like warning signs. I think I said to you, I'll be the least surprised guy in the world if the Niners win this game. That's what I thought it was going to be, super close. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs overcome that, win another Super Bowl, uh, an amazing one and one to think about. Beating the Niners in their two wins uh, of the three and the Eagles, all three of those games, Kevin, are ones that you ought to pat yourself on the back when you're a Chiefs fan because any of those three could have been lost. That Niners team in 19 was really good. The Eagles team last year was really good. And this Niners team, not as good, but the Chiefs aren't as good either. And it ended up being a very even game. So congratulations for finding a way to win each of those games. You know, the Chiefs are like us driving a car, Stan. We can all drive 55 miles an hour. We can drive the speed limit. We're all good until you go to the emergency room. You're having a baby. There ain't nobody driving 55. You put that pedal down and you go. And that's what the Chiefs do. It's crazy. It, it just feels like the regular season didn't matter. This team just rolled through, statistically, the most difficult gauntlet of any postseason team. They played the number one, the number two, the number three, and the number six computer teams in the NFL in the postseason, beat them all, and only played one of those games at home. And it was, oh, by the way, it was seven degrees below zero the night they did that. And this is insane what they just did. 
Yeah, it, I don't spend a lot of time at the Miami game because of the weather and and, they, and what I don't think about the Dolphins being tough. But I tell you what, just starting after that and say you went on the road to beat the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, that's a legit fight right there. That dude, he does everything he possibly can to try to win the game and pull everyone along. You go on the road to Buffalo and beat them. And then you go to Baltimore, who's sitting there. Finally, they got over the hump and won a playoff game. Now, that stigma may have been gone. Lamar Jackson is a grown-up MVP. Remember, we got the MVP the first time. He's kind of cute, how he'd scramble around, run for over 1,000 yards, complete some passes here or there, but wasn't really reliable in tough game situations. Now, he's proven it. He's much more of a grown-up, different offensive coordinator, throwing the ball better, running the ball just as effectively, and they won a playoff game at home. So now you got to go play those guys. And their defense was probably the best in the National Football League. They and the Chiefs are going to go at it, and yet you go control that game from start to finish, beat them in Baltimore. And like I said, uh, I'm a I'm a San Francisco 49ers guy. When you talk about who's the hardest team to beat in the NFL this year, it wasn't the Ravens in my mind. It never was. I was never tempted, even though I watched the game. I watched the Ravens go to San Francisco and win, if you want to point that out. But, you know, I'd love to talk to you about how that was just everything going right for the Niners. I mean, the Ravens, the ball bouncing their way. The real team this year, 49ers. And that's what the Chiefs had to do after going to Buffalo. And Baltimore, Kevin, they had to prove it again against a really good Niners team that had good weapons. And sure enough, it took all night long. The Chiefs were not in control of this game all game long. They had to fight and claw and come back. And still, a game of inches here and there and here and there to come out with a win. But you're not surprised that it happened. At the end of the day, when I had to pick who was going to win, I had to lean on that, Kevin. I had to say Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes, uh, driving in an emergency situation to the hospital, I trust them. How can you beat them? I mean, they're like trick drivers or something that do commercials. You know, I mean, these these guys are incredible when the pressure's on. And that, at the end of the day, is why I picked the Chiefs to win in a close game because of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. And some of it's just not explainable how those guys are able to function at this level at that time. And we've looked around the history of football, Kevin, and we've only seen it with Tom Brady. Maybe Bill Belichick also, because remember, they got that interception at the goal line against the Seahawks. They practiced that play. I'm not going to try to bash Belichick, but I know Brady deserves to have the same comment that I said about Patrick Mahomes. How they're able to up their game in the most pressurized situations in the greatest game on the greatest stages ever to do it. I've not seen it. I mean, I love Roger Staubach, and you can tell me how great John Elway was and Joe Montana. I, I get it. And Joe was magical too. But this is different, Kevin. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady's functionality in a situation where the teams aren't perfect. New England Patriots didn't whip anybody in the Super Bowl, Kevin. They were never perfect. They always had deficiencies they had to overcome, but they did it in clutch situations. And now we look right here in our hometown, and the Kansas City Chiefs are the new New England Patriots. Like, how did they get that done? Nothing's easy. Nothing's perfect. And yet, Patrick Mahomes, calm as can be, Fourth down play. You know, what happens if you slip on the field, Kevin? Game over. I mean, stuff can happen. It was fourth and one, and he runs around the corner like it's no big deal. And then later runs through the defense like they're not even there to get inside the 10. I mean, what Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are able to do are different than anybody else I've ever seen quarterback. Well, there probably was, I guess, at some point a challenge last night. I don't, I'm, it's not coming to mind. But there were multiple times where I thought the Chiefs either had first downs or close to first downs or whatever, and Andy didn't challenge anything. 
I also thought, and I'm not big into talking about the refs and who got screwed and this and that. Mahomes got called for an intentional grounding that was not a grounding. He got hit while he was throwing, and there was a receiver in the area where he was throwing the ball. I didn't like that at all. There were a couple of other calls in this game, or non-calls, that were a little bit questionable. And you can't really, these are not things that you can review, but I was I was kind of shocked that there wasn't more of that from the coaches. These two coaches, Stan, you and I are old enough to remember when like a heavyweight boxing match was a big deal. And everybody watched, and they just punched each other and went, you know, to go the distance, the whole thing. I felt like these coaches just said, we're going to throw what we've got at you. You're going to throw what you've got at us. And they weren't trying to finesse their way around this thing. Am I the only one that thought the defenses were great? Because people are complaining that the offenses stunk. I'm like, no, these offenses are good. These defenses were ready and knew exactly what to do. And I thought they changed it up in the game. I thought the coaches made some adjustments. And then with the season on the line, of course the ball's in the air and they're relying more on the quarterback because you're trying to win the Super Bowl. I just thought the drama that was built through this thing was unlike most Super Bowls I've ever seen. Yes, I do think that they they really came at each other very, very well. I think the officials, uh, for anybody who wants to gripe about the officials for even five seconds, I'll say this to you. The officiating in the playoffs is different as well. They don't throw flags very much. They want to let the players decide the game. Uh, the Eagle fans will be screaming at this if they listen to this podcast going, wait a second, you, you know, last year grabbed the jersey just barely on a pass that wasn't going to be completed, and you gave the game to the Chiefs. I get it. They can, they can have those plays. Uh, we saw McDuffie get called for holding uh, when the 49ers were in trouble in overtime and probably going to have to punt. And they got new life right there. But generally, they stay away from throwing flags in the playoffs, and especially in the Super Bowl, Kevin. And I'll say this to the fans. If you were able to watch the all 22, you call it, coaches tape, it's advantage to Chiefs. The Chiefs are, are advantage in the playoffs as well, that they are so physical out there in the secondary, Kevin. They're not getting called for ticky-tack fouls. Uh, that helps. The offensive line, the tackles aren't great for the Chiefs. They're not calling holding all the time like they do in the regular season. These are advantages to the Chiefs. So anybody who wants to talk about the officiating hurting the Chiefs, I don't have any time for because I think the playoffs really helped the Chiefs. But uh, the, the coaches both seem to not worry about that, not getting into any distractions about the physicality uh, or the penalties, and just go at it. I think there's an unbelievable respect. Uh, obviously, the 49ers respect the Chiefs. I mean, they were the favorites, Kevin, emotionally, right? Forget the odds. They were the favorite emotionally. The Niners knew that that first drive, Brock Purdy, you know, he had to perform. The nervousness with the 49er coaching staff, I'm sure, was off the charts. Remember how Baltimore took the ball to start the game and went three and out? And from there on, the Chiefs dominated the game, two touchdown drives, get the ball to start the third quarter. I think the Niners knew all those things were in play when they went down the field on that first possession. And then finally, the Chiefs did create a fumble. But that was matched by Pacheco's fumble inside. So things really evened out in most ways throughout the game. It seemed the coaches never blinked and continued to fight on, even though the Niners had the lead. They knew the Chiefs were coming back. So other than not running the football when they got the turnover against Patrick Mahomes and to start the third quarter to go completely away from the running game, that's the only panic time I felt from the Niners. Otherwise, uh, it was well coached. And, and the Chiefs would have a slight advantage. I mean, they just – they make all the right decisions, even a touchdown play. I mean, they, they went back to the little – Dive motion inside, plant your foot at the snap of the ball and go back outside. Remember, that was two touchdowns against the Eagles where they didn't even guard the guy. 
this time, if you go back and watch a replay, they put the Niners in a bind. They thought Hardeman was going across the field like Tyreek Hill does, super fast in motion. And as the ball was snapped, their outside defender jumped in, started covering Kelsey, which meant no one was out there. I mean, drawing up these plays, running them and calling them at the right time, just incredible. You're not going to beat Andy Reid and his coaching staff, Steve Spagnola. He's getting the credit he deserves as a defensive coordinator. They are elite. And then the special teams as well. The Chiefs just pressure you all game long with the great coaching. And the Niners almost kept up. But if I give the Chiefs coaching staff a, a 9 out of 10, you give the Niners staff an 8 out of 10, and still that differential might have been the differential in the ball game. Okay, so you're not only a student of the game, you're an historian of the game. So let's talk Super Bowl era here. The Chiefs are now officially declared a dynasty. Everybody's doing it. They're going to say that. There's no question. They own that, and we don't know how far this will go. So it's kind of a two-pronged question. How many more do you think Andy and Patrick will get? All right, let's put those two together because Andy Reid said unequivocally last night he's going to keep coaching. <laughs> They're already talking about three-peat. I mean, Kelsey's bringing it up like they want to come back three-peat. So Kelsey and Reid both made it sound like they're back for sure, no question. But what they've already done, where does it rank? When you compare it to Aikman's three or some of these other quarterback coaching combos, where, where does this rank in the Super Bowl era of dynasties? Well, I think that you have to just step back and give them the credit to put them right near the top just because whatever era you're in to go to four Super Bowls in five years and win three of them, is as good as anybody's had. So New England deserves the credit because they had two major runs, right? At the beginning of the 2000s, you know, they, they went back-to-back in 03 and 04, for instance. And then they came back and reinvented themselves, more of a passing team, lean on Tom Brady type of team. And they even had an undefeated season, uh, I think 07 or something like that. But then they came back and started winning Super Bowls again. So New England's the dynasty that lasted the longest, but they had kind of two stints where they got it done. The Chiefs can match with that. Uh, and when you talk about Andy Reid coaching, he's one of the elite all-time coaches. And when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, I think that he is the second-best quarterback of all these quarterbacks through these years, Kevin. So that puts the Chiefs, you launch them up there. Now, what they're doing is a little different, and it's New England-like. Okay, I'm going to put New England and the Kansas City Chiefs in the same category, and most people would put New England number one, right, Kevin? So this is not a cutdown. New England was number one in most people's minds of the greatest dynasty. And the Chiefs are right there with them. So uh, that's the category I'm putting them in. But how they dominate and how much better they are than the other teams and those kind of things, uh, I think that you go back and, for instance, the Steelers, they in the 70s and the Niners in the 80s, they were flat out better than the other teams, Kevin. They were better every day of the week. Their talent was better. Their coaching was better. They were just almost impossible to beat. Uh, the Chiefs aren't that team. The Chiefs go back and watch the regular season. You know the Chiefs are in dogfights. But that's no different than New England. That's not a cut down. Because New England, every Super Bowl they won, Kevin, it was a war. They had to win on last-second field goals, last-second drives, last-second stops. New England never ran over everybody in the playoffs, okay? That's not modern football. With salary cap football, Kevin, things get spread out across the board. There's more evenness, parity in the game. The teams that are at the top aren't quite as excellent as they were when you drafted your guys and got to keep them forever, which is what happened back in the earlier eras, like when the Pittsburgh Steelers were winning in the 70s. So I think this team deserves, if you just sit back, you can launch them all the way up to the New England Patriots and knock on that door, you know, that, that ceiling right there and say, bust through, baby, because we can continue on. I'm very excited about what the Chiefs can be 
going forward. I think the defense is going to continue to grow. If Spag stays as defensive coordinator, I think they'll get better. I think this will be one of the worst offensive years that the Chiefs have under Patrick Mahomes, Kevin. I just said, I think they'll be better next year. Doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're going to be better. So they are the real deal. You can talk about them as part of the greatest of all time. Now, for me, I think about the football a little bit deeper before salary cap and stuff. I'm telling you, the Steelers, when you had to beat them back in the day, there's no chance. They took your heart out, and they showed it to you. You know, it's a different style of football back then. Those, those Steelers teams and those Walsh Niner teams, like the 89 San Francisco 49ers, are so good, you just shake your head and go, oh, my gosh, how could you ever beat these guys? Those two teams were better if they played the Chiefs in that kind of, you know, they were better football teams. But now we have salary cap. You can't be great. You can't keep your guys forever. Even next year, does Chris Jones come back? Does Snead come back? You know, a lot of questions for the Chiefs to get through. How many more Super Bowls will they win? That's a very interesting question. I don't think about that a lot. I don't immediately say it's easy to go win Super Bowls, but why wouldn't Patrick be a giant factor for seven to ten years? And why wouldn't Andy Reid be a big factor for the first five of them or so, or three of them? So I think the Chiefs could win a couple more Super Bowls. This isn't easy, Kevin. I mean, this is not easy uh, to do. So I'd give them a couple more and don't act like it's, you know, our God-given right. But, boy, Patrick Mahomes uh, makes it seem like it's our God-given right the way he plays under pressure. It's incredible. Right. We'll wrap it up with this. I, I've never seen uh, an event where this many people were involved. That, that, you know, we always say, I can't believe what I saw. I don't even know what I was watching. This is true. I mean, we've got multiple players all over the place did not know the overtime rules. Most people at home watching didn't know what was going on. I mean, look, the NFL's got to clean this up somehow. We already addressed that. The wildness of this, this overtime and what happened, the craziness, was there. Were, it was mayhem. You had players playing the game that didn't know the rules. I, I mean, it's, it's just shocking to me. All the preparation, all of the money, all of the things the NFL is, I think it led to something really special. There was just mayhem and confusion in that last hour. I mean, it was just, Stan, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I don't know how the NFL does it. It's like they reinvent themselves and it just gets better and better somehow. But the craziness of this thing and, and all the players saying they didn't know what was going on, I mean, it's just unbelievable. You can't make this stuff up. Everybody's always like, oh, it's scripted. Like, you literally have players that didn't know what was going on on the field. Just playing the next snap, didn't know which is just crazy to me. It's insane. Yeah, I think, you know, I like to say, when you think about a coaching hire, Kevin, from an opponent, uh, like you're looking at a coaching hire of the Chargers, right? From someone in your division. You get a great read when you think about what do you think as an opponent of theirs, of their new hire? You know, oh my gosh, I hope they don't hire Jim Harbaugh. You know, that kind of thing. In this example, the emotion when they turned at these moments, think about this, these are all late game situations. Kevin, uh, the Chiefs are trying to get back downfield to tie the game. Everyone's thinking, just get down the field and tie the game in the regulation, okay? And the 49ers are putting up a pretty good defensive stand near midfield. This isn't easy. And here we go on third down. Chiefs would have to – can you imagine Bucker trying to line up for a 55 or 52-yard field goal? What happens if it slipped off, you know, and Niners win? So Niner fans have got to be feeling like, okay, okay, we feel pretty good right now. And all of a sudden, the ball's in Travis Kelsey's hands over the middle, Kevin. And then he turns the corner. And can you just see your motion change? If you could just slow down the world and go as a Niners fan, like we're going to overtime at worst. <gasps> and here's Travis Kelsey burning down the left sideline. And you're going, 
oh my gosh, we're going to lose. How could you not think when he was burning down the right. sideline yeah. that, I mean, you see the change of the Niners fans? Oh my gosh, uh-oh. uh-oh. And then I was 10 seconds left and he's out of bounds and you're going, and, and our safety's laying on the ground, he's not going to be in. And you're going, wait, I, w- I didn't think about losing. Kevin, I, as a Niner fan, I didn't even think about losing. I'm thinking she's having to make a long field goal just to tie. What the heck just happened? And then you turn it around. Now you're in overtime. Chiefs defense doing a great job dictating. Uh, the blitzes have been right on. You come. Purdy's in trouble. He drops the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my gosh. Didn't you think as a Chiefs fan when he was burning down that same sideline going left to right that, oh, crap, he might score. Christian McCaffrey is in the open field. What is going to happen? And suddenly Chiefs fans go from, hey, we're doing a good job. That penalty against us for giving them a first down is the only reason why they have a first down. They're going to fold under this pressure. And all of a sudden, here goes Christian McCaffrey. And you're thinking, oh, crap. How did Chiefs fans' mindset change from that point, Kevin, from the start of the play, even stopping it when Purdy's being blitzed? Like, we got him. <gasps> what just happened? Now we go back, and it happens again because it's fourth down. It's fourth down, Kevin. And all you do is, you know, slip and fall, drop a pass, something. Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes burns around the side, gets the first down. But a little bit later, he ran up the middle for whatever he ran, 15 or 20 yards. Niner fans are still like, hey, we can stop him. We can force a field goal. I know Andy wants to go for fourth down, but if it's fourth and seven, we can stop him on fourth and seven, win this game, or force a field goal. We get the football next. We're okay. And Patrick Mahomes scrambles up the middle. And your heart just falls to your feet if you're a Niners fan. Like, oh, crap. Game's over. You know? Just to see those emotional swings in that late of time, Kevin, we're talking about less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter through overtime is what I spoke about. I didn't talk about any other times of the game, okay? And yet, those emotional swings, watching you as a defensive team feel the level of confidence you did and then watch it fall as a play's unfolding, that just doesn't happen in other sports. It's incredible. Football is the best game. There's no doubt about it. Welcome, Swifties. Okay, you're going to love the game when you don't even remember that Travis Kelsey was the boyfriend uh, of Taylor Swift. Okay, you're just going to love the game. Uh, The ratings, I can't wait for the ratings. I can't wait for the love of the NFL. We've had it, Kevin, for a long, long time, and so many people are joining us. So what a celebration it is. I'm so happy the weather's going to be good on Wednesday, Kevin, because I was out there at the parade. It was nice. It was fun, but it was cold. Okay, the last one. But remember when the Royals had their parade? Remember how beautiful the weather was? We're basically talking about the best of February on Wednesday. Can you imagine a Chiefs parade with 50-degree weather? How much fun is this going to be? Uh, You know what? All I need is your parking spot, Stan, and I'll be good to go. (laughs) <laughs> you might want to ride with me to work because I, I got might, the best parking spot I got to do a podcast <laughs> before the parade but yes I uh, got an A plus parking spot there is no I, there, I got as good as anybody in America Kevin I am one block from where the parade is and my car will be tucked I, in I, with a sign that says well it doesn't say a sign but my number right there yeah. boom only I park in that spot so I, I do have a big luxury on Wednesday but, but to be clear you only have one parking spot right yeah, unfortunately. Uh, and guess what? People are coming back to work a little bit, Kevin. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. But it used to be the garage was pretty open after COVID. Ah, not so open anymore. Yeah. I can't say, hey, I got I got 15 spots you can park right. next to me, Kevin. I'm looking yeah. around going, oh, crap. And especially Wednesdays. Welcome to America. If you're in a business like I am where you watch what parking 
Uh, we manage all kinds of parking downtown. And I tell you, on Monday, you might be able to come down to park, Kevin, but not on Wednesday. That's awesome. Everybody goes to work on Wednesday, and this will be the most popular work day in Kansas City post-COVID history. Because Wednesday's like, I'm coming to work, and that garage is going to be packed. Buddy, you're the best, and I cannot thank you enough for such a great season. How much fun was this? Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk to everybody here, Kevin. It's a great joy to talk to you. You know, the best radio host I've ever heard, now the best podcast host. So thanks for having me on. It's so much fun to talk about this, and what a great season it's been. We get to celebrate and get ready for next season. So thanks for having me. Everybody have a great 2024. Hopefully I'll be talking to you next year. Thank you, buddy. next season. I'm by football years, Kevin, you know. Yeah, right. 2024, but uh, hopefully I'll talk to you here soon, Kevin, as the football season comes back into view. That sounds great. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate you, man. Okay, take care, Kevin. Wow, Stan Weber, so good. Breaking it all down, Chiefs are champions of the National Football League. Once again, third time in five years, your Chiefs are the champions. Stan Weber's appearance today brought to you by Back Nine Development. Online at backninedevelopment.com. Offering the lofts at 1700 in Manhattan and the dunes in Lansing. Eight executive lots over three acres large. Perfect spot to build a custom home in Lansing. If you'd like more information, call TJ Vilkanskis at 785-236-0161 at Back Nine. Development.com. Ticketsforless.com. Oh boy, college basketball season is on at ticketsforless.com. Looking for Jayhawks tickets? You got it. Concert tickets, Royals opening day, it's all there. Ticketsforless.com. Promo code KKHI saves you 5 to 15% every single time. Advantage Termite and Pest Control is online at AdvantageTPC.com. Residential and commercial, your critters are gone goodbye with Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Call 913-768-8989 or online at AdvantageTPC.com. Also, shout out to my friend Jeremy Fry at Fry Orthodontics. Great sponsor of the podcast, FryOrthodontics.com. The Finch Knife Company, awesome pocket knives. FinchKnifeCo.com and Ideal Health KC Regenerative Medicine. We love them. If you want to find out more about Dr. Kip Van Camp and his team, IdealHealthKC.com. We appreciate you supporting all the sponsors. We've got a record number of listeners the last week, the Super Bowl run has just been terrific. And so many of you are so great about supporting the sponsors of this podcast. I cannot thank you enough. We put them all in one place at thekklist.com. If you're not sure about somebody, a sponsor, or if you're looking to buy something or looking for services, go there and check out our sponsors. They're all great conservative businesses. They're friends of the show. They're people that I personally know. They're great, great folks. Kklist.com with T-H-E in front of it the kklist.com for all of our sponsors. What a football season. I'm sure we'll talk more about it. There's a parade coming up. Hope to see you there. He's Stan Weber and he's the best. Chiefs are the champs again at KKHI. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at thekklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.